0: Yo, what up, what up, UMU? It's me, Blackjack, the creator of Us Mentoring Us. Thank you for tuning in to yet another amazing segment that we got outlined for y'all today. Before I do that, take a quick moment to go over our disclaimer. All of the views and opinions expressed here today are our own personal views and opinions and do not represent the Air Force or any DOD organization. And lastly, before I go into our topic and our very, very special guest for today, I'd like to take some time to introduce to you all our admin team, who work very hard behind the scenes pushing all the content that you see on the page. Admin team, where y'all at? Chime in. What's up team,
1: you, and you it's your boy, Mac. Hey, UMU, it's
2: coming in from the admin team.
1: What up, what up, you, and you? it's Yancy. What's going on, everybody? You already know, it is your girl, Keith. Yo, what up, you and you? you know what it is, it's J Will from the admin team.
0: Hey, what up, what up, UMU? I know you're excited about our guest this afternoon, um, but I'm going to turn it over to Key, and Key's going to welcome in our special guest. Say what up, Key.
1: Hey, hey, what is up, UMU? So you all know we do something called Hot Wash, and for the month of January, it is our National Mentorship Month, and you know the Air Force's theme: Everybody wins with mentoring. A part of mentorship is being able to get those um, those gems or to hear someone's story in their journey. So we have been fortunate and blessed enough to have a 19th Chief Master Sergeant of the Air Force here with us. That is a mouthful and I'm extremely excited. So make sure that you enable StreamYard. That is the platform that we are currently using um, where we will be able to see your comments in real time. So without further ado, I would like to introduce the 19th chief master sergeant of the Air Force. Yeah.
3: What's going on? Why, why am I so excited to be with y'all? Like <laughs> I,
1: feel,
3: I feel like the next time we have an after pack, like you guys might need to do one of your commercials. And- <laughs> I'm telling you, just let us know. Well, let's ma'am. make it
2: happen. That's what we're right. trying to be.
3: Yes. I, well, excited no, to be here with you guys.
2: So uh, if I could, uh, I'm going to give the quick introduction of what the hot wash is. So, um, as Keith kind of alluded to, uh, we try to do this segment for y'all. We try to learn about people's careers. We try to learn about things they did, what worked, what didn't work, and maybe some things that, um, we can fix so you won't have to go through the same bumps and bruises uh, as they did throughout their careers. Um, but before we get into the question, we did want to give you Mal, an opportunity. Uh, if you had any, any introductory words for the team before we get into the questions of your career.
3: So I always got some words to say, yeah. but, you know, again, what an honor um, to spend some time with you all. Thanks for your flexibility in my schedule. And I really appreciate that we're just doing this at home right? Like, and we can actually be real. And 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 I think that that's an important thing. When I look back at my career, I always appreciated just being able to sometimes get a peek under the uh, curtain to be able to see how the leaders acted. Oh, my goodness, are they like me? And so, so thank for this opportunity. Also, a big shout out to you all and the entire team for the work that y'all do on this platform. Um, over 16,000 people, right? Like, and that, is a big deal. and that is something that as I grew up, we didn't have that, right? So we just figured it out. Maybe you had an opportunity to connect, but you guys are capitalizing and using social media for good. Um, and it will reap the benefits in years and years to come. So for me, to you, a big shout out to that. And, um, you know, I'm excited. 2022 is going to be a fantastic year. It's already starting off good. And with that, I really just want to get to it. So we can talk and maybe also hear from the
2: president. Like you say, don't tease us with a good time. We, we're going <laughs> right. to start from the beginning. Then we're going to start you. We're going to bring you back from day one. We want to know your story about how did the air force come about? Tell us about that transition. How did, how, how did, how did we meet? How did the airmen come about that we see today?
3: Well, so um, most of y'all have heard me say, you know, I'm a military brat. My daughter or my dad was a war officer in the United States Army. I watched him get up and PT every day. And I was like, um, yeah, it's not going to be, be me. And so, right. so you know, sign up for the United States Air Force. Maybe for another show, I'll tell you how I probably shouldn't be here because I didn't tell my recruiter everything. Um, but anyway somehow made it in the air force to do four quick years get my gi bill and and i was gonna be gone um because i figured four years i'd be able to figure out life um and then i've shared with you all um uh, you know i signed i re-enlisted at the four-year mark simply to pay off my honda civic nothing more nothing less paid it off than about the eight-year mark is when I really started to understand what it meant to to wear this uniform. And I realized really quickly about the eight year mark after I had gone to some deployments, been part of some amazing units, that man, this Air Force family thing really is family. And within that eight years, being around some amazing supervisors, um, amazing teammates, I actually learned that I enjoyed being around my Air Force family more than my family, and um, and so it, at that point became more than my GI bill, more than paying off my Honda. Um, I was all in after the eight year mark.
2: Oh that that's awesome, Chief. Uh, did you have anything, Jay, before I went over? Yeah, I did. I, I think uh, no, if I could, I want I want to get a little bit more of that story. Uh, could you tell us a little bit more? Uh, what was your What was your MIPs experience like when you came in?
3: What did well did D1 give you some?
2: No, 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 no. I did not.
3: <laughs> nobody, at, nobody just says, Tell us about your MIPS experience.
2: We <laughs> we are unpacking your career, that's, that's what we're doing. It was simple.
3: So, I was in delayed enlistment probably for about um, I, I don't know, maybe nine months or something like that. Graduated high school, was in delayed enlistment, and that's where um, when I do talk with airmen and, and kind of close groups, um, I share with them like you know, while you're in delayed enlistment, you have an opportunity to get in some trouble, you know, or not. Right. And in my case, I, I did got barred from every military installation in Hawaii um, and, and didn't tell my recruiter. So anyway, long story short, um, that, that, you know, I mean, I did my part, my dad was prepping me to make sure that I would succeed in basic training. um, And yeah. And, and made it in our Air force
2: that's fair that's fair um, I, I was not expecting that at all at completely on. transparent <laughs> I was
3: not. when i tell maintainers that story i've told a few of the cfms they're like you're like a maintainer by heart
0: you know <laughs> maintainer by heart i like that all right chief to kind of foot stomp foot stomp on the importance of mentorship this being mentorship month i wanted to ask you a question that pertains to who helped shape you or what event helped shape you into the airman that you are today
3: yeah Um, I first have to say my husband, Ron, you know, he and I don't give him enough credit. And I really haven't until recently, as I look back at my career and I'm like, man, the most influential person in my career has really been him, by the way, married 25 years. um, So I know. So so he has has been an influencer. Um, My first duty station, Pope Air Force Base. And oh, by the way, those of y'all, you know, who are in tech training and trying to figure out where you're going to go. Um, I remember getting in tech training and they're like, hey, you're going to Pope. And I was like, where's Pope? And they're like, you know, no hope, Pope, Vietnam, uh, <laughs> you're gonna, you're gonna hate it. Let me tell you, one of the best assignments that I ever had um, was at Pope Air Force Base. My girls were born there. I met my husband there. But anyway, I get to Pope and probably on week three of me being there, um, met my husband. Um, we met, we dated for quite a while. And so he really, as a young PFC and me as a brand new airman, he helped shape uh, my perspective just, just from a lot of the army doctrine, for instance. You know, the one thing I will say about the army is they know how to grow soldiers, they're focused on development, and he really helped develop me. And he was the one who would be the one who would let me know when I'm wrong and, and help put me on the right path, shared with me nuggets such as you know never take something personal you know shake the dust off keep moving um always you know take that hard right not the easy left and so um lots of life principles but outside of my husband being a constant influencer in my life i'll tell you i've had supervisors um and teammates that have all poured into me and and really left their um impressions on me the good and the bad so you know, every single person you can learn from anybody, um, and and every single one of them helps shape who I am.
0: Cool. Uh, you you've mentioned your husband um, a lot, Chief, and I want to say it was two coffee talks ago that you were, you sat down with him. I, I love watching you guys interact in a relationship. It'll be a shameless plug. It'd be awesome if we can kind of get him on here to kind of pick his brain about his <laughs> hot washing his career.
3: Blackjack, listen, he might <laughs> surprise He's every day. he he is really an introvert so he is a b type personality he's so cool like everybody loves ron bass because he's a cool fat. but um but like it takes a lot out of him and so i tell people you know hey you don't have to have a you don't have to be aggressive a type personality extrovert to be a leader i mean he's Mm -hmm. he's a he's the strongest leader i know way a way better senior nco than i've ever been and he's
2: an introvert. Mm. Fair enough. Yeah, if, if you haven't noticed, we take every opportunity for a shameless plug. So yeah,
1: we <laughs> um, <laughs> just to come on, we definitely will welcome him, welcome him with open arms you and know. have that conversation for sure. But all right, Chief, so moving further into your career as an NCO, it seems like that those were you know that back weird, that's the backbone. That is the time where the rubber meets the road and you kind of get that grit. Is there a memory or a moment um, as an NCO that you struggled with, or that stands out to you that kind of like propelled you into the the woman we see today?
3: Yeah, probably as an NCO, especially staff sergeant, um, probably my shortcomings, right? Like um, I can look back, and you think you know what you're doing right? And you think you know how to be that strong supervisor and that strong leader. um, And you're probably not. So so I think, you know, man, I'm so thankful for grace, because, you know, as a supervisor, you're kind of figuring it out and practicing as a leadership laboratory, you know, and and I'll tell you, I really, um, I grew into a better supervisor through the reps of supervising. Now, Now put on top of that for most of us um, who have families, that's probably about the time you start having family. So where I personally struggled the most is I'm a supervisor trying to do the right thing, but I'm also, you know, new mom, spouse, how do you balance it all? Um, So it it wasn't fun. I remember times, you know, where I was very challenged at trying to figure that out. that's probably where I struggled the most too, and I'll be and I'll be honest. Also, as an NCO, I remember, you know, again, man, I, when I became um, SimF number nineteen, I was like, man, I hope all these people who I was not that great of a supervisor to do not come up on comms to be sure to tell everybody that because right, like we're all NCOs trying to figure this out. Yeah. But one, but I I share my thoughts so that people can be different and learn from me. But I wasn't a great information share at the time. I grew up in the time where like if you know the information then you know that's all on you and and man when I became a, a senior NCO like all that stopped I was I became an sharer because I know what it feels like to not get information but I was also that person who didn't share a ton of information as NCO so I had a lot of I had a lot of growing to do and refining and so my supervisors added um, you know they were integral in making sure that I did refine
0: well, awesome, Chief. So you brought up an exact point on, on kind of why the, this forum exists. It's for the, the sharing of information. Um, it's funny you brought up the part as far as like growing up as, uh, as a young supervisor. Um, I was having this conversation with my oldest son because I'm an oldest chief. And I think oldest have a unique bond with their parents because you got to realize that your parents are learning how to parent with you. And I was taught, telling that to my oldest son. I was like, man, me and you're going to have a special bond because I had my, my son at 22. So we kind of grew up together and we have that special bond. He's learning how to Become an adult, become an adolescent. I'm learning how to parent. So for our second child, I'm a lot easier on here. Where things are a lot easier because I somewhat got a little bit more figured out.
3: Yeah, that's the same with us. We got two. The second one can get away with everything. <laughs> you
2: realize child. some things ain't serious. Like as serious right. as as we uh, take a divert from uh from <laughs> career to, to parenting because because that's always a, a part of our lives. They. Um, I need to uh, start talking about, though, because we talked about your struggles um, sometime in that moment. And I still want to keep you at that NCO level. Uh, if you could look back on it and say, uh, man, I really wish I would have done this better. I really wish I would have been better in this uh, and, and and kind of point out a specific instance that we can relate to uh, where it's like, hey, this is one of my biggest regrets as an NCO uh, in, in early in my career. What, what would that be?
3: Um, I wish I was a better coach and a better developer. Those things take time. So you got to want to invest in, and give that time to develop those around you to be a better coach. If you've heard also my good teammate um, Chief Retire Brinkley, he always gives an analogy about are you coaching? Or are you reffing? And and that goes at home, too. Do you come home and do you start refing your children and, and, you know, like doing this? Or are you coaching them and growing them up? And so I wish that I had the patience and the wisdom to be a better developer, because I'll be honest, you know, my patience has grown over the years as, as I've worked, deliberately worked on my own emotional intelligence, but it wasn't there. You know, I was I was always an A-type personality, very proactive. It's easier for me to just do it instead of me coach and develop somebody else to do it. And if they didn't do it the way that I did it, I didn't think their way was right. You know, it took, again, reps to start to learn that there's different ways to get there. Um, and, and it takes time and patience to be able to get after, get after folks.
0: Can I throw a curveball at you, Chief? Um, you mentioned some way uh, you found some ways to deliberately work on your emotional intelligence. Can you give us one of those nuggets? What What is something that you that worked for you as far as working on your uh, patience?
3: Working on my patience. Ooh, I, you know, probably family. Like right, like family. See, I can't go out and put bad business out there, but I, I will tell you, like family. Your children will help you work on patience because you're having a great day. Everything is great. And then something snaps, you know, your kids bring home a D or an F, and all of a sudden, like you turn bipolar and and you gotta learn patience. And so I think through life lessons in the Bass household, I have inherently been a better um, person, probably on the outside. But I will also say Mindset is everything and if you have a mindset to be a lifelong learner, if you have a mindset to be humble enough to say, man, I can learn and grow and emotional intelligence, by the way, was not a thing when I was coming up. In fact, it wasn't, you know, while, while it was, you know, introduced academically back in the early 90s, um, it didn't really start to get broadly talked about until probably 2010 prime, time frames. So, was a senior NCO. I started hearing this stuff about emotional intelligence i was at the pentagon um on my first tour at the pentagon and chief master of the air force number 18 was in the seat and i remember talking to him in his office and he was sharing with me a book on emotional intelligence because he Mm -hmm. said and and i'll never forget it he was probably about to cut somebody out you know Mm -hmm. Pentagon, and he's like that's why you study emotional intelligence joe and i said all right all right okay so (laughs) so i started reading and and i know again time we don't have a lot of time we got to try to balance things you can google articles that are two minutes long three minutes long on emotional intelligence and pull out some really good nuggets on self-awareness self-growth how you're um how your emotions and your communication impact you and how they impact others. And, and, and that's really the key. Well,
0: cool. Th- thank you for that, Chief. Um, as we progress through your career, Chief, um, it kind of happens to the best of us, right? We kind of hit that wall or that mid-career crisis. If you were to talk to me about how did that look like in your, from your career's perspective, how did you overcome it? And what are some thoughts as we're going through your mind as you were going through that mid-career crisis?
3: Um, you know, I don't know if I had a mere mid-career crisis at all. I remember those specifically, we were stationed at Fort Bragg. I was at my 14 year mark and, um, we had bought our forever home. We had just gotten assigned back to the States and we were like, all right, we're going to buy our forever home and we're going to close out our careers at Fort Bragg. And I told my husband at that time, he was, he was still in the army and, and, and it was at that point, again, remember we're, um, we're NCOs and like, it's kind of a struggle trying to balance these things out, life, family, um, and we're doing military. So we feeling like we're living large. So, so I remember telling him at 14 years, Hey babe, six more years and, and I'm out, you know, we're going to live our best life. I'm going to be a GS 12 and like, we're, like life's going to be good. Um, And it wasn't midlife crisis it was just i think that that makes sense for us but i'll tell you i learned from that experience you never say never um you know you leave you never shut doors right like because you never know you might be able to to some degree try to forecast out here's what i'd like here's my goals um but never shut doors people because you never know what doors or windows are going to be open for you
1: I like that. All right, so Chief, if we're talking about never shutting doors. And as you're shaping through and you're like, OK, we're about to pull a chop, I'm about to be done. But then as we see that you still continue on this path, um, did you ever have to burn bridges with any yeah. number of people or any type of lifestyle or anything within yourself?
3: Yeah. Um- You know, I did burn a lot of bridges, but they were early in my career. Right. And that's why when I actually share advice to people, I'm always like, never burn a bridge. Our air force is too small and, you know, people hold grudges and, and, you know, so never burn a bridge. I learned that lesson as a senior airman. When I remember, um, you know, you have hype men around you, right? Like, so, so here I, here I am senior airman. And and the rest of senior airmen are around me. And at that time in life, this was in the early 90s, we felt like we were working the hardest. Okay. Like just hands down. Oh, you know, senior airmen, we in the sweatshop and we're working hard. And our NCOs walk around at that time with coffee mugs and check on you. And you know, that's what it was. And I remember all the people around me were like, yep, these NCOs and yep, this is what we need to say. So here comes my supervisor and he walks up to me and i was like sergeant so-and-so don't you feel bad and he said bad about what and i said bad you don't work and like everybody else turn around and- <laughs> I
1: have to adjust.
3: long long story it's a long story but long story short i learned at that time never burn a bridge because i was a you know not so wise senior in the 84 Talking to a NCO in that way, probably not the best thing to do. The delivery was horrible; like everything was horrible about it. Man, that's that that supervisor who was good, by the way, right? Like, took it you know took it to heart, and and for years and years kept that with with them. And when I would see them at career field um, events, even after we PCS, I'd be like, "Hey, sir, so and so," and I'd want to go give a hug, and oh, you know, he remembered that snotty-nosed senior airman who, you know, really put him on blast like that. It took years to build that bridge back, like years. And finally, now, fast forward 20-something years later, I'm a chief, he's a chief. You know, we, it finally, you know, how we built the bridge back was his, his airframe from his base was on our yard. And I saw it and I still felt like, man, we, there's, a broken bridge. So I went and put some German beer on that airplane. Told them to give it to this chief, and, and he got the beer. And then, and twenty-something years later, he sends me a picture with him with the beer with a thumbs up. So <laughs> it bridge, but it took twenty-something years. So man, wow. don't do that. like again. Think about the intent that you want right? Right. Wise enough to know how to do what you want to say, or sometimes wise enough to know when not to say something.
1: Yes.
0: There's well, a small difference.
1: have a follow-up question real quick ma'am so with these with with burning bridges or building them I think the biggest lesson I learned as an NCO more specifically as a Tech Sergeant was those peer-to-peer relationships and making sure that I leaned on my peer to my left and right and so I know for us on our page we have a lot of conversations with our NCOs we try to make sure that we plant those seeds because you know a lot of times they chase stripes or they are so caught up in this forced distribution of having to compete with each other we're like listen you do what you are supposed to do it all will work itself out and so a lot of times they're like y'all don't understand because this is so new and i'm like no it was probably just called something different you know back then or whatever so during your time as an nco did you experience that with the the peer-to-peer relationships and how did you You know, have those peer-to-peer relationships and yet stay competitive.
3: Yeah, Um, I did, but I don't. I think when I look back at the relationships and the teams that I put around me, it's evolved over time. When I was younger, I liked to be around people who thought like me, who acted like me, who looked like me, and that was what I felt like it was a strong team. As I grew, and oh by the way, I actually did learn stuff at the NCO Academy. You learn about the personality types, right? You mm-hmm. learn, learn about the value of all the different colors, whatever you want to call it. But as I grew, I learned it's not personal. Like friends don't always need to be a part of the team, professional teams that we're building. Like mm. and it's probably best not to, because again, it's about business and you've got to put the best people around you that complement you and sometimes are most opposite so that you can again, be well-rounded like an ocean's 11 scenario. And, and, and so, you know, if you're comfortable in who you are, you're not, fearful of competing against anybody and when when that person rises and that person rises we all rise in.
2: Come on. No, oh, come on. You know like that, that, that one song, set me. in it. So said, Black, you wrote that one down. <laughs> Did you I seen him we, just it's looking It's recorded. Like, hey, we
0: can go
3: back and watch it And
2: I'm still I'm
0: still taking it in myself. You have a, have a job. One.
2: You sitting there watching like we, we can't know see you, me. like you're not
0: on the line. <laughs> I'm lost in it. She had me, she had me at the words. <laughs> I, I need <laughs> to um,
2: now now I hate skipping around, but I feel like before we miss this opportunity, because we're, we're right now, we're still at the NCO point in your career. Yeah. And you mentioned a lot of things with family at the NCO and some struggles. Uh, and some things we talk about is parent guilt. Uh, so I wanted to ask you, uh, did you go through any of those struggles uh, when you are talking about balancing your career versus your family and then making decisions? How did you overcome those? Like, uh, yeah. is that a thing? You know, uh, we're, we're talking about the NCO time frame.
3: Absolutely. So for me, I called it mom guilt, right? Like mom guilt is real. You know, like many of the parents out there, you get, you're get you bringing your kiddos to work, you know, because you didn't finish your project. And so I had, you know, there was a spot under my desk, especially when my oldest was young and in the CDC. That was during 9-11. Um, and when 9-11 happened, you know, my kiddo had to come to work with me. I had an army husband who was busy doing his thing. I'm focused on my thing, and so both of us would do our best to take turns. But um, that mom guilt for me was very real, and so balancing was was challenging. But not just balancing parenthood. How about balancing like marriage and life? And and me and Ron shared this. I think at our coffee talk, we had normalized. And and by the way, I love that. Um, like this series is what do we call in this series? Hot wash series. <laughs> so so as an ops girl i grew up doing hot washes doing debrief we do that after every team 19 visit but even in our family we do hot washes and we do debriefs and so to that end like uh, me and my husband you know he's busy i'm busy we got kids we would almost debrief in five minutes and that is all the time we would spend as husband and wife and then we'd be exhausted and go to bed so Mm. like so Talk about like spouse guilt, like we didn't really cultivate that. There were times where we barely saw each other. And then, oh, by the way, you know, deployments and, and all that stuff. So absolutely, it's a real thing. How do we overcome it? Like one, being deliberate about making sure we can acknowledge that here's a pull, here's a challenge. How, how do we get after it? You know, for for the marriage piece, we, we are pretty open about, hey, we got marriage counseling from the chaplain several times in our career Um, Mm -hmm. for for the parent piece we started to include our children and some of the stuff that we did at work Um, but i was also very deliberate about talking to teachers or daycare providers to say you know i'm a working parent i need to know like what is important that i can't miss for my children like you have to tell me so that i can never miss the big stuff i'm gonna miss a lot of small things but i never want to miss the big things Mm -hmm. Um, And then it doesn't go away as NCO. Like probably we saw that struggle even more um, within even the past years and even even coming into this position, we were like, all right. And and, and, again, this is that deliberate piece. If you if you're not deliberate, if you don't communicate, then you can't fortify your house. And so when we PCS here, we're like, how do we fortify this bass house? So that so that was that deliberate planning on. You know we got to come out of this you know even stronger than before
2: yeah and 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 i I definitely want to touch on a point that you made in there that i don't think we speak on enough uh which is there's not a gold line in 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 this there's not a finish line as you're trying to work through these it's just uh continuously working through to get better at every challenge as it comes along uh whether not as parents spouse or whatever and i think sometimes when we look at these situations uh, where now we talk about parent guilt, and like you said, spouse guilt, we think that there's a finish line. We think that there's going to be a point where you're just going to figure everything out, and then you don't have to figure anything else out. And, and I like the, the, the point that you touched on with that. So um, uh, so with that, though, uh, we could get back on track and get you in your career. Uh, it's time to transition to senior NCO. So we talked about NCO. There was a struggle transitioning into NCO. Um, you're transitioning now to senior NCO. What was one of those challenges or struggles that you had when transitioning to senior NCO?
3: Um, probably the shift, um, of really understanding what my role was and that my job is to care, feed, develop, coach those under me. Um, and oh, by the way you probably won't get any attention and that's okay because that's not your job that's not your place anymore you got to grow the people around you that was probably one of the biggest challenges in transition um is just understanding that mindset but once you once you really kind of take off that self hat and put on that hat to be concerned about others then i think it's um easier
0: Chief um just to go back one second you mentioned um, as far as trying to include your kids into what we're doing it's gotten to the point now that I've explained to my kids what EPRs are they know the season they they talk to me about them so we're, we're trying
3: yeah. <laughs> I'm impressed
1: My son knows what the the PDB is when I would bring that book out when I was studying for master he was like not that one because he didn't have pictures, but I would read it to him. Like there were pictures, and I'm like, and then they said, <laughs> "It was like there's no pictures." I don't <laughs> like that one. But Chief, I really want—I wanted to hit on something really fast. So when we interviewed Diamond One, he—the kudos that he gave to you and the whole entire team, nineteen, was one that you all complimented each other, where you guys were opposites. The other thing that he said was you were extremely intentional on if you all had to travel, that they at least had the weekend. You wanted to make sure they got back on the weekend um to have time with their families and so i intentionally check in with a lot of senior ncos that are on our page and so from that conversation it allowed them to have conversations with their work centers because although you know the big bosses are at the top they tell us it's okay to take a knee it's okay to be intentional about family time um sometimes it's the guilt of that space isn't created for them to feel like it was okay and yeah. so from that they felt empowered to say okay y'all intentionally we're going to stop at this time no matter what is going on this can wait and we're going to make sure we get to our families and so they sent that kudos back because it was like how how in the world can we do this especially with covid if we're doing virtual learning with our kids how do we make time and so they're like now if diamond (laughs) won. Team 19 can make some time, we can make some time too. So, I love that. And just to hear someone who works with you uh, chime and echo that that is something that you all intentionally practice, I definitely want to say thank you because that has helped a lot of our senior SEOs with their work.
3: I appreciate that, Keith. Hey, one thing I'm gonna pull on because, you know, when I hear from our airmen, they're like, well, that must be easy because you're the chief, right? Like, I would say no. We all, whether I was tech Surgeon bass or chief bass, we all have the same amount of time. Now we all have different jobs that pull us at different seasons. Um, we all have, you know, whether it's jobs or schools or different family dynamics, whatever it is, we all still have the ability to some degree manage our time. And if it's not work, then it's what it, what is the time I can manage. And what I tell people is like I could choose to watch ESPN or some other show or be on my phone for hours because it tracks it now. And, or, or I could choose to say, no, I need to go take my kids out and how about we just get some air and go walk to Alexandria and just go do life and have some experiences. And so I would tell people, you know be really thoughtful in the time that you do have there's a lot of time we don't have there's time we're mm-hmm. on the road i can't control that but in the time that i do have here's what i'm going to do my best to to take care of me that self-care piece here's what i'm going to do my best to make sure my family is taken care of and then once we've done those then i can do my little indulgences and team 19 will give me all sorts of kind of little shows to watch and <laughs>
2: And, yeah, I spent my- like. <laughs> I think this is a great point to recognize the fact that you're taking some of your time. To talk to us and then we wanted to make sure to to everybody umu if y'all can comment anybody that's watching um to give a shout out to our chief master in the air force uh this is her time uh intentional to bring it back to you all to have a conversation about her career so uh and then enable stream yard all them facebook users enable <laughs> StreamYard so we can see who it is that's commenting uh, that's and, and, and bringing it up there she would love to
1: read those uh okay. as well so
2: enable stream yard y'all there's a
1: real quick question that's up here um, that I did want to touch base on. So, as a, I know, we we already started transitioning to you as a as a senior NCO. But as an NCO, did you feel like you were empowered to let your team go? And so um, I bring that up because when that conversation did come up, um, a lot of our NCOs were in our comments like, "That's easy for senior NCOs to do." As an NCO, I can't tell my my uh, senior NCO that I'm going to do this. Were Were you intentional about you know, um, time as an NCO.
3: Yeah, so I did feel empowered. And I'll be honest, when I talk to our senior enlisted leaders today, you know, we focus on getting back to empowering our airmen at all levels. I don't need chiefs focused on what senior what what our E8s and E7s are focused on. I don't need our senior NCOs focused on what NCOs should be focused on. And I don't need NCOs do, focused on what airmen should be, but you know, junior airmen should be focused on. Like we have to be empowered. When I was a tech surgeon, I absolutely felt empowered enough to be able to help control that work schedule or whatever else was needed to be done because my leaders empowered me to do so. But What that also means is there's good communication between me and my supervisor or me and my flight chief. So there's that ongoing communication, but you also have to, you know, as a leader, be competent and be confident, you know, two things. If you come in there all weak and don't know if you should, well, I think we're gonna be good. No, like you got to know and you have to handle, if you handle your business boy, that empowerment comes. You've got to be a competent leader, and if you've proven yourself to be in in that, is you that's action. Like you've got to not just say that you're, uh, you know, handling your business, but you actually have to handle your business. Otherwise, that's on you. But I'll tell you, my leaders always allow me that flexibility. Um, I'm just going. I'm about to speed up to one data point that I want to share with you on that um, empowerment piece. I'll be honest. I grew up old school where where it was, you never take your boss something that you can handle. You communicate mm. with them, but never take your boss something you can handle. And so I'm kind of like that where if I got it, I got it. I'm going to communicate with my boss. And that is true today. I never take General Brown something that I can handle. I will give him essay on what's going on. But I need my boss to be focused on what my boss needs to be focused on so that I can take care of the rest. And so we need more leaders out there who say, I will never take my boss something that I can a-
1: answer myself and do. I'm trying to be good so bad, because you know I want to be like
0: gyms. <laughs> <laughs> <She laughs> really I love it. I love
1: it. I'm telling you this, when I, I I had to get this lesson again real uh with <laughs> most recently um in the job i'm in now but as an nco my uh my superintendent at the time retired chief master sergeant rayno hodges he was like if you come in here come in here like you know the rules know what your folks can do and he was like but if you're like can my folks do that da, 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 da? i'm gonna say no because you leaving it up to me versus hey sir we have this done we have that done i'm gonna go ahead and let these folks stay home go home and i'm gonna stay here to do He was like you see how that's different?" You yeah. see how you come with confidence and you act like you know what's going on. That's that empowerment piece. He was like, if you have to ask me, you're not ready. I was like,
3: okay, I want
1: to be, re- I want to be ready. So he was like, So talk like it then. So I was like, okay. So when you say that, that definitely rings so true. But you gotta talk like you know.
3: Like, yeah, it is. Um, I don't know if that was black who put that on, but I saw the le- a-, a couple minutes ago, it said, What was your biggest challenge? I, I'm a, if if we don't go back to that, I'm gonna tell y'all. You know, people don't say, "What was your glass ceiling? What's been your biggest challenge?" My biggest challenge, hands down, was me. Like, mm-hmm. not not anybody else. So when people say, "What what was your glass ceiling or your biggest challenge?" It was my own self limiting beliefs. I didn't grow up in the Air Force where I saw a female leaders. So so again, me. Or don't let you be the reason why you're not excelling.
0: Cool. All right. Don't let you be the reason that you're not excelling. I love that one. <laughs>
3: Say that one <laughs> more time.
0: I love that one. Don't am you
3: the reason why you are not being your best. Again, cool. self-limiting beliefs and, and that's that mindset. Man, you got to control your mind. and And also, again, control your mind. Don't take things personal. You know where you're supposed to be better than anybody else. So, don't let you be the reason why you're not your very best.
0: I love it, Chief. I love it. All right, so let's circle back into, into your career now. So this question is going to be more a uh, whole career-encompassing question. So if you were at the, let's say you're at the at the fire, uh, and you have the little grandbabies around, and you have to share one of your fondest memories from your time in service, what would that memory be?
1: Oh,
3: It like seemed like that. Hard, <laughs> hard stuff. Um... I don't know that I can, I'm going to be like diamond one. I, so I know all the people y'all have had on here. <laughs> one of them, sure. Like Bob Simmons, you know, oh. like they all like my kids are going to be so tired because mm-hmm. I got too many stories. But I'll be honest, I feel like I'm living in probably the best of times right now. Sometimes myself um, and all of Team 19 pinch ourselves at the at the at the opportunity that we get to serve in this capacity and see some of our airmen. And so there's too many fun stories that we're sharing and wonderful opportunities. And most importantly, the ability to be able to change the trajectory of our Air Force is just is pretty empowering.
0: Cool. Fair enough. No, I love it. All right. So in, a, in an effort to try to get an answer out of you, Chief, um, <laughs> I'll, re- I'll rephrase the question as far as not the overall, like, say fondest memory. But can you share with us one instance that you connected with an airman that stayed with you?
3: Um, man, y'all need to give somebody some warning. Um, <laughs> I mean, there were, there were lots of instances. Here, here's one. There, there was an airman, in fact, that I didn't even know that I didn't remember a flight fellow. But I was a wingman um, at the time, and fellow. And uh, we always have opportunities to, to be able to. um, again, impact people's career, either positively or however it's going to pan out. And I'll tell you, while we're moving fast, the one thing that I always slow down with is anything that has to do with um, careers and impacting lives. And so I remember taking home this particular airman's package um, because because the airman was separated. like The, the person was rolling out, you know, fraudulent enlistment, et cetera, et cetera. And I was reading over the package. Well, we had empowered an MTL really after all of our MTLs and this particular MTL said hey you know sent up a a a note through their chain of command and said this particular airman needs to stay in our air force and and here's the story about this airman here's the potential that we see in that airman and I know the rules say separate this airman out but we need to keep this airman in and I remember that airman came in, um, sat at my, in my office and we had a discussion. And so then I went to bat to the wing commander to keep that airman in. And then, um, and then, you know, the wing commander kept him in. And so I, you know, I didn't flight follow fast forward. I'm, I'm up in this position. It was the time, um, it was the day of my ceremony. And one of my good friends who y'all also had on the show, Steve Arbona, comes up to Mm -hmm. me and says, Hey, I got a letter to give you. And it was a letter from that particular airman who um, is now a Staff Sergeant doing great things and killing it for our Air Force. And that Staff Sergeant never would have been in if that military training leader never saw potential and gave them a chance. So to be able to see um, the impact that we make as leaders is the things I'll probably remember.
2: Changing lives, just just changing lives.
1: I'm trying to take it all in. All right, ma'am. So the last one to wrap this, wrap this portion of your journey up. If you had an opportunity to reach every airman with one piece of advice, what message would that be and why? I know that's a long one.
3: Um, I think I would offer focus on character. So if you focus on character, everything else falls in line. If you focus on character, then you're going to be trustworthy. Then you'll be honest. Then you'll live with integrity. You'll be gracious. You'll work hard if you're focused on character. So if you just do that one thing, man, character speaks to every aspect of your life.
2: That is, (laughs) love it. (laughs) Can I steal one more? Can I add it on there? Is it? So that's, that's, that's the advice that, that you would give all the airmen. I want, I want, I want you to give yourself a piece of advice. You can go back and talk to airmen, you coming out of tech school with the knowledge that you have right now. And I have to throw a curveball in there. Um, You can't use believe in yourself or that you can do it. You can't say that because we've already said it. What's one piece of advice that you would give yourself?
3: Um, My house is along the way. (laughs) I would know. So that's, I mean, y'all made me say, I can't get deep. You know, I already been deep. You know, so what I would say is like have some grace on yourself. Don't take life so seriously, but how about uh, be more serious about your finances early on? We've been very blessed throughout our career. We're dual military, but being dual military, we weren't as deliberate. Um, some of us might have had shoe issues, like some folks who are sitting on this call.
1: <laughs> you see you them in the background. Instead of buying
3: stocks, we're buying shoes. So I would say if I could give myself personal advice, it would be hey, like early in your life, be more deliberate about your finances and savings so that you can set your up self, set, set yourself up for long-term success. And professionally, I would say. Like, enjoy life and don't take things so serious and have some grace.
0: Chief, uh, I'm I'm not going to miss an opportunity for the shameless (laughs) plug. You mentioned the finances. I just wanted to drop a shameless plug that we have a segment in our show called Savvy Investor where we pass on knowledge to the force, how to start investing early, how to use your VA benefits or benefits to purchase homes along the way to establish yourself a better future. So if you ever have some free time, um, tune in. We've we've even had uh, Chief Simmons on one of the, or two of the episodes of the Savvy Investor.
3: I love that. And let me tell you the people that you have on, this is why I'm such a big fan of what y'all are doing. The people that you have had on your show and the people that I know are all people who are all about growth Mm -hmm. and there is growth for a room enough for everybody, right? Like again, so when we start to expand that growth, it's not how well can I do again? How well can we all do? Mm -hmm. Enough room for everybody. For everybody. It's it's so much space. room. It's so much
1: room it's at this space. table. It is. So much room. There's so
2: many platforms, different segments for everybody. So there's a lot man. of people out there
1: doing it. Okay, I have one I have one question. Wrap it up, wrap it up, wrap it up, wrap it up. Okay, man. So now with us being in a social media era, do you think that um you as a senior leader or our other senior leaders are Too accessible to the airman.
3: Um, maybe. I think you know. I think that that would be a fair assessment. I think that with the social media and the information era that we're in, um, people feel comfortable um, in being able to grab a hold of us. What I would, and you know, that's good, and that can be challenging. What I would say is, again, that gets back down to leadership. Um, our airmen shouldn't feel more comfortable going to the chief master in the Air Force more than they're comfortable going to their direct supervisor. If they are more comfortable coming to me, that's a problem with leadership. So that's that's what I'll tell you, right? Like, And, and I don't know if Diamond One shared, but I mean, that was probably the most shocking thing coming on to team 19 is how many people reach out to my office. And while we appreciate it, cause that means, you know, we're doing something right. What, what I would rather have is that airmen feel more comfortable with the people on their right and left than they do going on straight VFR direct to the office of the chief master in the Air Force. So, so we all own some of that information space. Um i l- lo- what I do love about social media is it provides us an opportunity to information share um better than you know we've ever had before, and so we have to be cautious and mindful that we are using it for good and and if mm-hmm. we remember that like u m u then that's a win
2: I'm it. Okay. I definitely appreciate it before uh before. So that does kind of close up as far as going throughout your career. And, uh, and we're going to get into what we call our rapid fire segment. Uh, where you'll have a good 32nd time to answer these questions. So we're gonna, we're gonna throw some questions at you. Uh, they'll be uh, about you, or your, your career, something that it is. Um, and then we just want to get a little bit more from you. But we're going to throw a few at you at the same time. You ready to go with it? All right, we're ready. All right. So, and we're gonna start the timer as soon as I finish my finish, finish the, the first question. question. There we yes. go. There we okay. go. All right. How do you recharge?
3: Um, I am known to go to a spa, any any city, anywhere, TDY. If you see me blocked off for about four hours, it might be because I need to recharge.
1: I need, I need to do
2: that. <laughs> That's the easy one. That's an easy one. Um all right, who is your role model, and why?
3: I know you don't want to hear this, Jay will, but I have too many to share, and here's why <laughs> role models all vary their role, right? I have some role models because they were a great role model as a spouse and and I wanted to emulate some of that, or man, these are role models because they were amazing parents, and then I have role models for people who' just inspired me to be a better leader, so I have too many to share
2: That's fair, that's fair. We'll give you that's fair. That's fair. We'll give you one. We'll give you one of those in this segment. One of those. All right. Uh, What is your favorite? What was your favorite TDY and why?
3: I think that I would have to offer every deployment that I went on. Um, Deployment is when you really get after um, creating those bonds with your teammates that you never get before. Um, it might feel like it sucks, but you're in the suck together, and you grow a bond that you never get anywhere else. So every deployment I had.
2: All right, um, I'm twisting this one a little bit because I got some feedback from, uh, and I'm gonna call her out, Chief Pollard. What is one nugget that you learn from your army background?
3: From my army background.
2: Not from your uh, from your parent, uh, from being an army brat.
3: Um. I learned that my PT was always better be on. Like, I have an army dad who did PT all the time. And, and then he would call me up every day, you know, he, or whenever he called me, he's like, How's your PT? And I'm like, mm-hmm. It's good. Like, you know, so yeah, I learned, I learned about the importance of PT.
2: All right. What is the most important leadership quality?
3: Humility.
1: Oh, nice.
2: She's like, I only needed two seconds for that one. My, so, I don't see. So. <laughs> All right. Um, what is one of your pet peeves?
3: Laziness. Ooh. Yeah. I'm, a, I'm allergic to lazy people. Y'all just, y'all have no idea. Come on,
1: allergic. Come on, allergic. Yes. I'm allergic.
2: You got 20 seconds if you want to expand on that a little bit. I'm allergic.
3: <laughs> so, like, again, you either gonna live with purpose or you're just going to be haphazard and let stuff happen and wonder why it happened. Like, you either need to be purposeful or you're not.
1: Mm-hmm. Write that down,
3: Black. Write
2: that he down. ain't doing nothing. He was sitting there just like out. y'all listening. These are <laughs> recorded. We can go back and I'll just... write these down. Damn. All right. Last one. uh Give me two to three book recommendations.
3: Um, if you have not read Kill Chain, which a lot of y'all have, I appreciate mm-hmm. that. That's been on my book list. Like, if you want to understand the challenges that your senior leaders have in today's Air Force, that our Air Force has writ large, Kill Chain is a great book. Um, you, I just posted recently, what got you here? Won't get you there. One
0: of my favorite books. But I want
3: to on that every December because it just has simplistic, practical things. Daily Stoic, keep sharp, the and then can't hurt me.
2: Mm. Good I,
3: I don't condone the language, but <laughs> I, when I listen to Can't Hurt Me on Audible, I feel like duct taping my knees up and running 50 miles. Like, check it out.
0: Awesome. Awesome. All right. So, this is the part our show is kind of wrapped up now, Chief. So, again, thank you for taking the time um, to come and share your thoughts. Um, before we wrap it up completely, we'd like to turn it over to you to share some final words.
3: Hey, this was fun. Like, th- thank you again for um, having me on here. But more importantly, thanks for what y'all do for um, for all the people who um, are part of UMU. Like this is a big deal and you will never really fully understand all the nuggets that people get that really are impactful them for years and years to come. Um, what I would just leave everybody with is like, be focused on running your race. Like, and your race is not my race. It's not J Will's race. Blacks or keys, you got to run your race.
0: Love it, love it. it just What you got it's before easy. we wrap it up? What you got, Key?
1: I, I don't. I just. I'm trying to take it in. Damn. <laughs> we just. We thank you so, so much. I. We. We it's just this is truly an honor and a privilege and to be able to um sit down with you during mentorship month means so much to us and um i just thank you so much for making time for us intentionally um for us to just kind of unpack your journey and see it from your perspective and i just i just appreciate all of it thank you so much
0: what
2: you got Jay? will hey so i i have to put this one back on you ma'am um i don't i don't think you, and I mean this very respectfully, I don't think you understand how much you've impacted somebody tonight in sharing your story. Um, I, I see, we see you all the time, we see you online and, and, and we know the things that you talk about, but to share your household, to share your family experiences, to share things that you've gone throughout your career, Um we probably won't even know till 20 years from now with potential next chief master sergeant of the air force on on potentially watching this conversation so respectfully uh like i'm going to put that back on you ma'am. thank you that genuinely from us uh from the whole umu team Uh yeah i might a little bit look i'll post a comment so I on the might cry. hey i might What's called it like because because we, we look at these conversations sometimes mm. and then we're just like oh this was fun this was cool you know whatever but i don't think we really recognize how much uh you've probably impacted someone mm-hmm. them seeing you in your home them seeing you just as a person as a human being i think that's just the most impactful thing so uh for me thank you uh and black over you
0: I, I'm not going to do anything but echo the same sentiments, Chief. So thank you for taking your time out to be with us. Thank you for sharing your thoughts to all of our page members. Thank you for the support. Not only I, I, we see you type in the comments, we see you share your pictures, but the support behind the scenes. Um, thank you for everything you do for us as airmen. I I think my time in Air Force is made better by you in that seat. So, again, thank you. Enjoy the rest of your evening. <laughs> Did you hey, have something else, ma'am? Hey, what I'm, I'm going to say is
3: this, you know, and, and I've sure shared this broadly, to um, my boss and and to our senior leaders in the Air Force, we get excited of the future of our Air Force, especially when we spend time with our NGOs, and especially when we spend time with our CGOs, like our CEOs and our CGOs in 10 years from now are gonna be the senior leaders running our Air Force. And so what we do, how we develop them, how we coach them, and what we don't do matters. And so to that point, like, that's why this is an honor. That's why, I mean, easy day. I'm like, all right, you know, an hour with UMU at night. We got this because okay. at the, end of the day, to your point, Jay Will, like there are people on here, the future Chief Mass on the Air Force or the future Chief staff could be listening today. And so we all have to do our part to help grow that generation.
0: Cool. All right, so with that, we're going to wrap it up. Again, thank you, UMU. Thank you for the support. Till next time.